This podcast presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The host purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only answer to paranormal phenomena. We have not yet begun to touch the surface into these supernatural occurrences. With that being said, welcome to the Paranormal Journal. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Paranormal Journal. I'm your host, John Curley. Welcome to another episode, and uh, sorry about that. I hit the uh, outro by accident there. Um, but tonight, uh, we're going to have a uh, special guest on, and that's going to be Rob with GhostGearTech.com. The last time Rob came on with me, we talked a lot of, uh, lot of good uh, techie stuff with... Uh, paranormal equipment that he builds and uh for paranormal investigations which is great because we use a lot of this kind of stuff in all of our paranormal investigations so uh thanks thanks rob for coming on tonight how you doing there brother yeah i'm doing good how about yourself good good man how was your uh holiday weekend well it's holiday for us i don't know about canada but for the united states it's us yeah it was fourth yeah. of july it's, holiday uh, for uh, us it was good it was restful nice uh so how things been you've been out investigating um i haven't here recently but i've got one coming up this weekend and um we're going to the ferrar schoolhouse there in near bondurant iowa and um, it'll be my second time that i've I've been there the first time i went you know not a whole lot happened but i've heard great things about this place so i'm hoping you know this go around we can stir up some stuff nice nice so uh what do you got in the works for uh, new paranormal gear? Um, I've been tinkering around with with some things. Um, I think we talked a little bit about it, but it's coming along a little. Well, it, it's it's starting to solidify, and that that is the uh, the beacon, as as I've been calling it. And what the beacon does is it flashes visible lights, infrared lights, and um, UV lights. And it also has a uh, an alarm kind of buzzer sound that goes off in the EM spectrum. Um, I'm still torn on whether I want to put in a speaker so that it also goes out in the audible spectrum, because that might be kind of annoying, uh, you know, to hear a, a beep all the time while you're trying to do an investigation. Um, the idea is, as it's called the beacon, the idea is that it will signal to the spirit somehow through one of the many ways that that we think that we can communicate with them and uh, get their attention and draw their attention to us so that we can start interacting with them that sounds pretty cool i know uh during a lot of our investigations we hear more things than we see them uh especially evp wise right um and, and i noticed in a lot of investigations like when i'm reviewing audio you know, I'm 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 going into uh, using my software, and a lot of these times when I'm catching EVPs, I won't hear them when I'm doing live EVP sometimes. But then when I go back into the audio, I hear these these voices that are on lower on the 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 hertz level scale where it's not even really picking up on the human hearing range. Right, right. So I know there's been a lot of work. Well, I wouldn't say a lot of work, but some work around the infrasound, which is um, sound that is below the human hearing. And we know that infrasound affects us and it affects other animals as well. 
um, it is kind of the, the fear sound. Um, so when a bear or a lion roars, of course we hear that roar and it's kind of you know scary. But what really affects us is the ultra or the infrasound that that animal can create that we our body feels, not just hears it, but we feel it and it triggers fear in us. And that's how a lot of the predatory animals are able to kind of paralyze their prey is through that that infrasound. And there's been some a little bit of work done in studying infrasound in the paranormal. And, you know, our spirits able to communicate or use that 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 method of, of of using sound as a pressure wave really because we're not we're not able to hear it but our body can pick up on it somehow and you know inflict fear that way um or is you know there's also the study of you know are certain locations prone to having infrasound and then that causes similar to the emf fear cage right does does infrasound cause us to perceive danger when there really is no danger. And, and I think that that is the next step in the paranormal is to study, to study infrasound. And I, I've been researching it myself and the infrasound sensors are upwards in the thousands of dollars to, to get a sensor that can pick up, you know, such a, a small frequency, um, you know, accurately. So we're, we're looking at ways of, of using pressure instead of trying to pick up the sound even though we can't hear it as a human being you know our equipment can pick it up still but what i'm looking to do is use pressure waves because sound is pressure waves um, and use actually pressure sensors that are able to pick up very very low frequency pressures and put that into a device that would allow us to know if we're in a situation where there's infrasound being created. That's pretty interesting. That's very interesting. Actually, I know I've read things about infrasound and they were saying that uh, like Bigfoot, that uh, people were saying that Bigfoot create uh, this infrasound and it makes people like sick and stuff like yeah. makes them, gives them headaches and stuff like that. Yep. Yep. There, there's been quite a, a bit of study on, on that and the, the effects you know, on what we would call the prey, right? You've got the, the alpha predators able to roar like a lion and create that infrasound. And then the smaller prey just, it like paralyzes them, you know, and they're paralyzed in fear. And um, it can cause, yeah, it can cause headaches, nausea, uh, a lot of side effects to, to infrasound, not just the fear part of it, but there's physical applications as well. Wow, that's crazy. That's something like that that you can't hear could create this kind of fear or, or, or anxiety or, you know, physically getting you sick. You know, that's crazy. It can also cause ocular distortion, which this one is really interesting, around just below human hearing. So human hearing, you know, if your your ears are really good, you can start to hear it around 20 hertz. Yep. It's Human hearing is 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz. And at around 19 hertz, and the Air Force has done a lot of studies around this because they deal with pressure, you know, because their guys or gals are flying those airplanes and, and they're feeling all those Gs, um, that at around 19 hertz, it causes ocular distortion and you will begin to see black spots 
um, which can be perceived as shadows or shadow people or things along those lines. So oh, and that wow. is brought on by infrasound. So you could have that happening to you and not even realize it because you can't hear it. Yeah. But it's causing an ocular distortion and causing you to see. Um, yeah, there's like a, a lot of research around that. Almost like a hallucination almost. That's kind yeah, of weird. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I, and, I, and EMF is the same way. I mean, like EMF, you can't see it. You know, we can't hear it, see it, smell it. But if you get into a location with high EMF, some people are really uh, hypersensitive to it. Yeah. And become ill, get headaches, migraines, you know, get sick. Uh, and I've had people in my group felt the same way in investigations where EMF was really high. Next thing you know, uh, like Don, he was like, man, I'm getting like a super headache from uh, some EM, EM pumps I had made. Oh, He's nice. like, man, they're, they're giving me a headache, like really bad. He's not giving you a headache. I'm like, no, it's really not affecting me. He's like, man, I, I got to get away from him. As soon as he walked out of the room, he felt better. But the EMF pumps were uh, producing a lot of EMF, and he couldn't handle it, and he had to he had to wind up leaving the room. Right. I think it was in the 1920s. Um, I'm, I'm Googling it right now. The God Helmet experiment where they put this this helmet they put him on yeah persinger that's right michael persinger um created what was called the god helmet and they put it on their heads and it basically just pumped emf into their brains for the most part wow and over 90 percent of them um had religious experiences um you know they they reported sensing something there was a present sense there and um yeah all that was from and it wasn't a very strong magnetic field either i don't believe um so that you know that goes to show that, that we are at some level we can be affected by emf definitely oh yeah i mean i don't know about you but sometimes when you're in a haunted location uh your body can really pick up on something that's not normal uh, right. that's when you start getting those chills and the hair's kind of standing up on your arms and stuff like that. Your body's reacting to something, some kind of atmospheric change, you know, that's going on that your body's picking up on it. Right. You know? Yeah. And that I always call that my ghost radar when that things happens, you know, cause I'm like, <laughs> all of a sudden I, I start getting this really weird feeling and I don't have an explanation for it. I, I haven't felt weird at all throughout the whole investigation. And all of a sudden, I'm getting this weird feeling, this cold, chill kind of feeling, the hair standing up. And, you know, I haven't really experienced anything, but now I'm experiencing this weird phenomena. You know what I mean? Right. And and that's one of the few things. That's what I find interesting. That's one of the few things, it, you know, people will say, well, ghost hunting is pseudoscience, right? It's not real science. But yeah, there is a part of, of it that is scientific that there has been research done the infrasound they have done research on that emf affecting people they have done research on that so we know that those two things can affect you now it's getting to the to the point where what is the source like you're at home you feel fine a non-haunted location you feel perfectly fine all day long in every single room right as soon as you go to a haunted location you go into a certain room and all of a sudden this weirdness takes you over Right. It's the, maybe there's fear that comes into play. Maybe there's uh, nausea that comes in, headaches, you know, something along those lines where where we know where we must be getting fed excessive amounts of EMF 
or or infrasound that that we can't hear that is causing our body like you said to react yeah now now when you're out on an investigation have you ever felt a cold spot i i have felt cool breezes i wouldn't call them a cold spot to me a cold spot is like a contained area where i can move my hand two feet to the right and it's warm and move it two feet to the left and it's cold that i haven't experienced but i have experienced breezes out of nowhere right just a cool breeze yeah like a wind almost yeah yeah um now i i have been with with folks that have you know that they say oh it's cold right you know i'm freezing it's colder than cold right here and i touch them and they are freezing and but the air around them feels normal to me and you know that that's one thing where i question you know on the science side of things is did that person work themselves into an adrenaline rush because we know that adrenaline rush will cause us to drop our body temperature right so oh, we yeah. feel like we're freezing you know in in the middle of a, a hot summer day right but you know, we're really not. So that that's why I like using equipment is because, you know, you can verify it with the equipment. Whereas when we go out, you know, humans, we're very complex creatures and we can be overtaken by EMF. We can be overtaken by infrasound. We can be overtaken by our own thoughts and just yeah. scare ourselves into a lather, you know, and, and get uh, adrenaline rushing. And then we go into that fight or flight and we're freezing and there maybe there's really nothing paranormal to that maybe you just kind of scared yourself and worked yourself up into it because our environment is a spooky environment let's be honest right we all the lights are off we're in a known haunted location you know all all the variables are there right so that that's why i like to lean on my equipment to kind of be the baseline right so even if even if i feel cold or I think I feel something that's cold then I've got a few devices that check the temperature that I can move around and um, I've had them go off some some you know I, I was out with a guy named Jim and, and he experienced a cold spot in front of him I put my hand in front of it I didn't feel that it was cold at all I had my device and I moved it from it was on uh, the edge of a couch and I moved it over to where he said it felt cold and after I moved it over there it you know it turned blue it went off and wow. I couldn't feel it with my own hand right but again, you know, we human beings are complicated creatures and maybe, uh, maybe I was just radiating too much heat to be able to pick up on such a subtle amount because this device that I have, it is uh, a prototype of something that I'm working on to hopefully come out next year sometime. And it uses smart, what I'm calling uh, smart temperature deviation detection. So what it does is it is looking for a rate of change not so much just that the temperature dropped, but how fast did the temperature drop? Because, you know, you can, um, the cool night air can come in and settle into to a house and start cooling it down. And if you've got like a REM pod that, that has the temperature uh, deviation setting on there, if the temperature drops, say from 75 degrees, and it's, you know, nighttime setting in, it's getting cool, the air conditioner kicked on, it drops it down to 72, it will realistically take 20 minutes or more for a good sized room to drop several degrees in temperature with the air conditioner on. Um, the REM pod will go off and give you a false alarm. And you'll say, oh, there's, it's a cold spot, right? It went off. But in reality, it took like 20 minutes for that to happen. So this device that I'm working on is looking for a rate of change. So it's looking for a fast drop in temperature. So 
if the temperature is uh, say 75 still, and 20 minutes later it drops down to 72, my device will not go off because that took too long. That's probably not paranormal because when we are talking cold spots in the paranormal, it comes on all of a sudden, right? It, it wasn't yeah. there and then it was there. So I'm looking for a rate of change, a quick drop. Um, so I've been, I've got a couple of them that I'm, I take out with me when I do go to, and then I give them out to a few other investigators and I have them kind of play with them to, to see what they think. Because um, I, I really like to test my devices before I go, I guess, before I go live with them and put them up on the website for sale. You know, that's before I sell anything, I've usually tested it for at least a year, year and a half out in the field with various oh, nice. investigators, you know. Um, you know, prototype versions, they're not the final version, but the function is still the same. Um, yeah. So that that I know that it will yield results, right? Because I, I don't want to put something out there that doesn't do anything. That's no that's no good. It doesn't help the paranormal community at no. all. Right. So like the ultrasonic motion detector, um, you know, that one, oh, gosh, I've been testing that. That was probably out in the field for two years before I actually put it up on the website um, to sell it. And that I get, I get a lot of good um, comments back on that when folks take it out into the field and use it, um, which is kind of weird because I don't fully understand how the spirits interact with it. Because the way the ultrasonic uh, sensor works is it sends out a high pitched chirp, kind of like a bat, and then that that sound wave bounces off the object and comes back into the receiver. So there's a sender and a receiver. That's why there's two little uh, ear looking things sticking out the front. Um, so I don't, honestly, I don't know what it's bouncing off of, you know, or are the spirits somehow manipulating the device directly? And, and that goes with PIR, passive infrared. You know, there's a lot of those devices out there, the, you know, the music box, the coffin music box and a few others. They use passive infrared as well, and that works the exact same way, except with light. So it sends out an infrared beam of light, and that infrared bounces off of the object and comes back into the receiver, and then it's that's how it determines motion because uh, it you know position A, position B, it moves, so send the alarm, and, and the alarm goes off. I don't know what the infrared is bouncing off of, you know, from from a ghost spirit aspect right but it they're somehow able to manipulate it and um yeah i recently we used the ultrasonic motion detector and we pointed it down a, a long hallway where they said they saw shadows moving a lot and uh you know nothing was happening i, I let it sit there for a good half hour and nothing was happening and so i turned it around the other way and for about five minutes nothing really happened and then it started to, to chirp it started to go off and it was like something was bouncing back and forth, it would say like 12 feet, four feet, 12 feet, six feet, 12 feet, you know, like something was back bouncing back and forth. So one of the other investigators, they had a REM pod and they set the REM pod in the doorway where they supposedly see a shadow come out of one doorway and go into the other doorway. And the coolest thing was whenever that REM pod went off, my ultrasonic motion detector would chirp. So they were like going in, in tandem together and I thought that was pretty cool. But so then we did a little test and we pointed it back the other way where nothing was happening. The motion detector went silent. The REM pod went silent. We got nothing out of either one of them. Um, so again, it's just one of those devices. I don't know exactly how the spirits work with it, but it does seem to work. 
and we do get results. So that's, that's one of my personal favorites cool. I, at Ferrari. I've got two of them and I want to face them um, opposite directions of one another. And my, my, see, I like to run experiments when I go out and what I want to see is if I can get something coming and then going right. So, so one will indicate that something's moving closer. And then at some point, the other one will pick up and say something's moving farther away. And that's actually, pretty cool. That'll give us a, a nice indication of, of some kind of path that, you know, the spirit is, is moving through. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I know one of my members, uh, Don, he bought the uh, the ultrasonic motion detector after oh, okay. he heard it on your show. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's used it yet or not. We had an investigation, but I wasn't able to be present on it. So I don't know if he used it in that investigation or not. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I had actually caught a cold spot in one of the last investigations I was on and I, one of my members was sitting on the floor and uh, he was sitting there a good while. And we were started hearing uh, EVPs through our, through live EVP. And he goes, man, there's something really cold on my legs. It just, just now something's like draped across my legs and I panned the thermal imager over there. And sure enough, there was a black mass kind of draped across his legs uh, that was oh, really? 60, 64 degrees. His body temperature was 98 degrees. Right. And it was a, it was a 64 degree black mass over his legs. And you can see it kind of draped over his legs. It, it is really cool. And I, I took a still <laughs> picture of it and uh, we were looking at it. And I'm like, I can't explain that. And he goes, man, it, it's really weird. So I brought it up to the client. And the client said, yeah, well, that's the room that my dog used to be in. And uh, he used to like laying across your legs. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That was really cool. I, I, have to, I have to send you a picture and let you check it out. I did send you some some EVPs to listen yeah, to that I caught. Those, those, I like the whistle. The whistle one is uh, one that I really Yeah, that's, that's one of the most amazing disembodied voices I've ever caught. And, I mean, that was clear as all get out. Yeah, it was crazy. And the funny thing is, is that it wouldn't whistle any other tune but that one. I would whistle all kinds of tunes because at first I thought it was an echo, you know, and nothing would come back. And as soon as I whistled that tune, it would whistle it right back. Mm. And I'm like, wow, man, this is amazing. And it did it in front of a lot of people, you know, which was great. I loved it that they experienced the same thing that I was experiencing, you know, so it was pretty awesome. So they were able to hear it with their their own ears, not just the recorder. Oh yeah, we were hearing it right out loud without oh, wow. any. We didn't have any kind of uh, live EVP going. We had recorders going, right? But we weren't doing live EVP. We just had recorders set out. And uh, man, the one time we were just using the bathroom, everybody was lined up to kind of go to the bathroom. And uh, there's a stairway kind of right behind us that goes up to all three floors. And I did that whistle just to see if I would get a response. And sure enough, man, it did it right on the stairwell, like to my back. I was like, whoa. I mean, that's when you hear me go, oh my God. Like it was right, literally right behind me. And uh, that place was amazing. Uh, we heard so many disembodied voices in that place. It was phenomenal. Probably one of the most haunted places I've ever been in would, would be Landon House, I would have to say. And I've been to a lot of places like Penhurst and, Fort Mifflin and stuff like yeah. that, but that place was uh, the coup de gras of paranormal of, uh, phenomena. It, was, it had it all. It had everything. Disembodied voices, uh, huge light anomalies. 
one time I seen a light anomaly. I'm not kidding you. It was amazing. Uh, it started out, and I seen it with three people that didn't believe in any kind of paranormal things at all. They didn't believe in ghosts or anything. And uh, they said, there's a ball of light down the end of the hallway. And uh, I was like, where? They're like, right there. See it? It's in the middle of the hallway. And I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, wow, that is a ball of light. That's right. The hell is that ball of light doing in the middle of the hallway? And um, I was kind of down on one knee, and I stood up. And when I stood up, this thing grew the size of a basketball. I mean, it was literally the size of a basketball. I'm like, oh my god! And then it just, it just dissipated. It was, it was gone. You know, and I'm like, they're like, what the hell did we just see? I was like, I don't know. And I, I ran down the other end of the hallway to where it was to see if there was maybe somebody playing a, some kind of practical joke or right. you know. And there was right. no one there. I, I searched that whole upstairs. There was no one there. I'm like, I can't explain that. That was unbelievable. Uh, it was so bright. It was almost like a flashlight. You know how you, you had right. to turn flashlights and it gets big and then it gets small. It was kind of like that. It got big like that and then it just kind of went back into itself. You know, it was really weird. So I haven't experienced a bright light anomaly i've experienced the opposite which was kind of like a black ball um, and it kind of did the same thing i was uh, living in an apartment in indiana and i was taking a nap it was in the middle of the day uh, it was a saturday i was taking a nap laying there woke up from a really bad dream just this horrible horrible bad dream and i looked out and straight out in the hallway there was about the size of a basketball there was this black, like, smoke. Um, it was weird. It was fibrous, and it was moving and intertwined. I mean, total sci-fi-looking thing. And I jumped up, and I started walking towards it, and I was getting ready to swat at it. And as so my hand's at, like, 3 o'clock, and I'm getting ready to swat at it at 12 o'clock. It's, it's up near the ceiling, right, and at the corner of the wall and the ceiling is where it was. And as I swung around, it just just shrunk down into nothing and disappeared. That's amazing. And I was, I mean, I saw, I walked up on it and I could still see all the weird fiber, fibrous, smoky weirdness moving around on the inside of it. And then it just, it shrank. Oh my and disappeared. God. That reminds me. went into the wall or what, but it just shrank and disappeared. That still reminds me of when I seen a, a shadow person at Landon house, same thing happened. Uh, I seen this thing, you know, out of, I didn't, had no idea this was going to even happen, but it kind of just was there. I was the last one out of the landing house at like four in the morning. I was the last person there. I was locked up every night after every investigation mm -hmm. and uh, everybody was gone. I was in there getting my equipment and uh, stepped out on the front porch. I happened to glance down to the right and there's a shadow figure looking in the window, this silhouette of a, this black thing. Oh, wow. And uh, I was like, Oh my God, what is, the hell is that? And I kind of advanced forward a little bit, just one step. And it made a creak in the, the deck and the, the thing turned and it looked at me and it didn't have any facial features. It had no kind of features whatsoever. It was a black, but it looked like smoke with this, uh, <clears throat> like a cloud within itself. Like yeah, this stuff right. was emanating off of it. Like these streaks of smoke or like, it was really weird. And, uh, I was scared to death. I didn't, I didn't know what the hell was getting ready to happen, you know? And I'm like, if this thing comes at me. I'm probably going to have a heart attack or something and die or something, you know? 
And uh, right. thankfully, it went the other way, but it went really fast. And when it when it took off, it left this streak of almost what you were talking about, like this fibrous smoke kind of. It was really weird. It took like a couple seconds for it to dissipate, but then when it dissipated, I was just standing there like, "What in the hell did I just see?" Right. You know, I'm like, "What the hell was that?" Yeah, it was. It looked like a silhouette of a person, but I don't. I really standing kind of. Yeah, it was. Like I didn't. I didn't see any feet. I only seen it maybe from like the knee up, like it was floating or levitating, or but it looked like a cloud within itself. But look in the silhouette of a figure. It was weird. It it was the weirdest feeling. I was scared, but I it, nothing bad happened. You know what I mean? Like I didn't. I'm not gonna say it was like demonic or you know. Right. A lot of people right. want oh that's demonic. She was demonic or you know. Everyone wants to say wants to say it's the D word right away. But I didn't get that feeling from it at all. I just was I was scared because it's kind of it's unknown. You know, I don't know what the hell the thing is. Right. You know. Yeah. And you and don't know what, what it's capable of doing. Capture on camera. Yeah, I, I mean, I've spoken to a lot of people that have seen with their own eyes what kind of what you've described and what I've described, and they have had a camera rolling, and there's absolutely nothing that shows up on the camera. I don't know if I let you see the video of that black mass I caught in the house in Ephrata. Um, it's almost the same kind of stuff. It creates itself. It creates its own energy. Um, did I ever did I send you that video? I don't think I saw a video. I don't recall. Oh man, I have a video of it for it goes on for like fifteen minutes. Oh, uh, wow. did yeah, you it's capture. The I did capture it. Yeah, on on the old style uh, CCTV cameras. They, oh, okay. It sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Back in the day, it happened uh, almost fifteen years ago. Hmm. Um, but I did capture it in the first investigation of this house, and I'm telling you, Rob, you had to see it. It's crazy, like creates its own self its own mass yeah, it pulls it from the it pulls it from the atmosphere and, and yeah it's creating forms. itself from nothing which is like almost impossible yeah and scientifically it's not possible to create its own matter you know what i mean or, or mass or it, it's or, amazing or you get into the parallel universe theories and is it always there but the veil is just being lifted and it appears that it's you know, creating itself out of thin air, but really it's just starting to come through the veil, so to speak. Yeah, it's like, uh, I've always talked with um, like Dr. Barry Taff and uh, guys like Barry Conrad. These guys have been in paranormal investigating for since the 70s. I mean, it, it, they did create almost like a, uh, I don't know if you ever heard, have you ever heard of Dr. Barry Taff? Yes. Yep. Yeah, he's, you know, he was, in UCLA, and they started that back in the 60s, in the, 60, the late 60s, of that program of uh, trying to, you know, see if paranormal stuff really does exist. And they, they, they were able to document a lot of pretty wild stuff with precognition. And uh, he actually almost invented remote viewing, kind of. You know what I mean? So. Oh, really? Yeah, he he kind of yeah. he kind of invented remote viewing. Which I I never knew that until he he said yeah we we started remote viewing in UCLA at at the uh, at the lab I was like wow I never knew that he goes yeah we didn't call remote viewing back then movies are right yeah right <laughs> yeah yeah like he did that movie the entity and stuff like that and 
pretty pretty oh, yeah, crazy yeah, stuff. Entity. Yeah, he did do the uh, the uh, movie The Entity. Uh, I think he was a uh, a uh, what do what do you call it? An advisor on the set or something like that. Right. Yeah, like a consultant yeah. or something. He has a lot of interesting stuff to talk about when it comes to this kind of stuff. But I, I think this stuff is way on a, a bigger level than we're able to comprehend right now. You know, I don't think we're on a level to really understand it yet. You know, we're, we're, we're getting no, close no, to it, I though. Don't. I think we're yeah, getting close, we, you know. We, are, we I think we need to expand on, on what we use as far as equipment, you know, um, we, we've been using the same stuff for, for so long, you know, like the REM pod is 20 years old and, yeah. you know, we use EVP or EMF, sorry, EMF and, and things like that. But, you know, it's, sometimes it's good to question the science and sometimes it's good to question, you know, is, is that the right, you know, equipment that we're using? Is there maybe something else we should try? And like I said earlier, I like to run experiments when I go investigate, you know, a lot, a lot of people, at least when I, when I go out to, so I don't belong to a paranormal group. I've got a lot of open invitations with a lot of paranormal groups. So there's always joke around. I get to cherry pick and I get to pick the best locations right between all of them. That's nice. Um, so when I, when I go out there, um, I have several experiments that I want to run, but what I see is a lot of people. So they sell tickets and, and people show up, right. And then the paranormal group will run, the uh, event for the evening but i don't see a lot of scientific like experiments going on what i i do see is just a lot of people wanting to get scared yeah right exactly and exactly we need to get out of that mindset i mean it's fine if you want to go have some fun one one time or twice whatever but we really need to try and push the field further you know, and, and try other experiments, try the infrasound experiments, right? Uh, you know, you know, try things like that rather than just running around with our K2 meters, um, which kills me when I see people waving them around. Um, like, yeah. I, I think a lot of people think that EMF is like a cloud that floats around in the air and their job is to run around and find it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's not how EMF works, right? EMF for all intents and purposes from the source, it goes off to infinity, right? So we send EMF waves signals up to the Mars Rover from earth, right? So EMF will go out forever. The only thing that changes, the frequency doesn't change, but the amplitude does change. So at some point there is a, a drop off of strength of the EMF, but you know, um, radio stations, right? They're sending out EMF. That's what FM and AM, you know, frequency modulation it is it's, it's emf right so i i don't think that waving around and the other thing about waving around a k2 meter just i don't know a little lesson for everybody um a k2 meter picks up emf electromagnetic it's electromagnetic so it is alternating current is what we're looking for with emf right there is such thing as a direct current a non-alternating current uh, magnetic field, and that is similar to the Earth's magnetic field, or your refrigerator magnets. Those are permanent magnets too. You can take them to your EMF 
meter, your K2, and you will not get any reading whatsoever. They will not pick up a permanent magnet. Now, if you move that permanent magnet very quickly, it will simulate alternating current and your uh, K2 meter will pick it up, right? Wow. That's what a lot of the EMF pumps are, right? They're just spinning magnets in there. They're spinning permanent magnets yeah. to create um, alternating EMF. current yep. is what yep. they're doing. Uh, or they're simulating alternating current. Um, so when I see people walking around and waving their K2 meter around, and then they get a hit when they move it really fast, right? And what, what they're really doing is they're simulating through the Earth's magnetic field, the flux field that runs through everything. You move it fast enough through there, you will temporarily simulate alternating current and your K2 meter will go off because it sees alternating current. And that's what it's designed to do is to, to find, you know, that type of EMF and it will go off. Um, there's a video I saw on Facebook, this lady claiming that her dolls were haunted and she's got her K2 meter on the dolls and she's driving in a car. They're in the back seat. The dolls are in the back seat with the K2 meter and she's driving <laughs> and the K2 meter is just going crazy. Right. But when she comes to a stop, the K2 meter stops. And then when she picks up driving again, the K2 meter goes nuts. We have an alternator in the car too, which I, is directing current. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you're, you're running that K2 meter so quickly through the, at, at the bare minimum, the Earth's magnetic field that you're simulating alternating current and your dolls aren't haunted. You just found a way to get your K2 meter to go off. And you, of course, she was trying to sell the dolls to $190 a piece. Jeez, there's always a gimmick, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm just, so uh, EMF meters, um, and even if you, if you have a tri-field meter, they will say this in the instructions, you know, not to move it, to set it down. It's a stationary meter. Yeah. You, you set yep. it down, you don't move it. Because those are very, very sensitive oh, yeah. uh, to even the Earth's magnetic. And you move them just a little bit, and they, they will register. Uh, they oh, will yeah. pick up on that. Um, where K2 meter is not as, as sensitive. K2 meter is only sensitive between 50 hertz and 60 hertz. And the reason for that is that's what the frequency of our electricity is. Here in the U.S., it is 60 hertz. Overseas, it's 50 hertz. Wow. So it's yeah. designed to find, it was originally engineered, designed to find electrical wiring and walls for contractors. So they didn't yes. yep. drill a hole through the wall and hit a wire or something. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, ghost hunters picked up on it and they started using it. And then now everybody uses a K2 meter. Yeah. Um, so, so you hear that folks, what he's telling you, stop waving your K2s around and it goes off and thinking it's a ghost because it's really not. Yeah, I, 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 was at, I was at one, this is another K2 store. I've got so many K2 stories. This guy, he had an Apple iWatch on his left hand. And he was standing there and he was holding his K2 with his right hand. And, you know, nothing was happening. He got tired of holding it with his right hand. So he switched it over to his left hand. The K2 went off. And then he, he moved it over to where his right hand was, where he was originally holding it. And it was still going off. He puts it in his right hand and it stops going off. Now, one, he claims he's found a ghost. He's found that, that floating EMF cloud. So he thinks he's found that, but he's perplexed as to why it only works in his left hand. And I, I had to break it to him. I was like, well, you've got an iWatch, which is generating you know, a lot of EMF in your left hand. And when you put that K2 meter, and you know, he, he rejected that. He did not accept that as an answer. 
<laughs> of course not. And I'm like, no well, one ever what, wants what to hear the truth. Yeah, yeah, no one ever wants to hear the truth in the paranormal field ever. Yeah, you know, just like with the uh, the SLS camera and they're walking around with it. That thing's not meant to be walked around with. It's meant no. to be stationary. Yes, you know, and is. they're walking around it with is. it and, and, and they're mapping ghosts, well, these stick figures that they think are ghosts. And they say, look, look, there's a ghost in the corner. And really, it's like a towel rack. It's a chair. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not meant to be moved. It's meant to be stationary. And, and it is designed to find a human shape. So it will find if you've got a coat rack or a chair that if you squint your eye kind of looks like a person, it's going to map out a figure there. Yeah. And, you know, back to Facebook, I, I love it when people are like, my dolls are haunted again. And they'll put their SLS camera on the doll and it maps out a figure. I'm like, well, it's designed to find a human <laughs> shape. And a doll is a replica <laughs> of a human. It's got two arms, two legs, a torso and a head. Yeah. So it's going to map it out every time. You know? Yeah, like your doll's not haunted. It's not mapping out a ghost that's sitting in your doll. It's just mapping out your doll. So I do have a good story to tell about the SLS camera. When it first came out, uh, this was pretty cool because it kind of coincides with an experience that I had in, in this house, uh, which was my parents' house. Um, my brother, I had lived in the house when I first got married with my wife and uh, we had moved out, but I had seen a figure in the basement. Uh, I thought it was my wife. It was my wife's short. So I thought it was my wife, and uh, but it wasn't her. It was a black figure. It kind of startled me. I was in the back part of the basement. Actually, where our room was was in the back part of the basement. And I was behind the wall, and I just happened to turn around. And there was a figure there, and I thought it was my wife. I was like, oh, you scared the shit out of me. You know what I mean? I, was, I jumped, you know, and it took off into another room. And when I went into the bedroom, I was like, uh, you're trying to scare me? She's like, uh, what the hell are you talking about? I wasn't back there. I'm like, I seen you back there. You were standing there like in the dark, like trying to creep up on me. She goes, no, that wasn't me. Oh, wow. And uh, so, I, you know, I totally blew it out of my mind that it was something paranormal. And I, we had moved out. My brother had moved into that, into the basement where we were living. And uh, he's has the, uh, he's a big gamer. So he's into the Xbox. When Xbox first comes out with the SLS, you know, three-dimensional gaming and, you know. Oh, right. So he's doing this dance thing with his girlfriend and he he kind of he calls me he's like bro i just had something really weird happen in the basement i said what's wrong he's like well we were doing this dance thing and uh with the with the with the sls thing with the xbox camera and it mapped out somebody in the room i said what do you mean a skeletal figure he goes no it wasn't skeletal it was uh, like a a figure you know how it has not the skeletal part but the it's like the blobby part, like a, like a figure almost, you know what I mean? Oh, but it's not skeletal. Yeah. It's, it's like the, the form of something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you walk into it, you'll see a form of a, of you. Right. But Along it, with it, the skeleton. Right. Yeah. But this was a form with no skeletal. Uh, it didn't skeletalize on there. Oh. And he's like, what the hell is that? And when he walked over to it, it disappeared. And he was like, what the hell was that? He goes, I, I, he, goes, he thought it was a glitch in the system because it was a new system. Uh -huh. So he turned it off and he turned it back on and he started, they started doing this little dance thing again. And the, the object showed the, the silhouette of a person showed up again off to the, off to the right of his girlfriend. Hmm. And he's like, what the hell is that, man? And the dog came into the room. And when the dog came into the room, it passed 
his girlfriend and started going toward the object and the object disappeared again. And uh, it never mapped the skeletal, but it did map out a silhouette of a figure. And uh, I thought that was pretty, pretty wild. I said, was it short? He's like, yeah, man, like four foot. And I'm like, holy shit, that's what I seen in the basement. I said, dude, I never told you this, but I seen a figure in the basement. He's like, no way. I was like, yeah, it was like four foot. He's like, holy shit. He's like, I, I, yeah, he's like, man. He said, I'm telling you, it was like four foot. I was like, yeah. I said, I seen it in the back part of the basement. And that thing mapped it out. It did map it out, but it was sitting stationary. You know what I mean? It was, and it was, Mm -hmm. he said, they had the lights on and everything. He said, but we didn't see it with the naked eye. But this thing was mapping it out. Yeah. Oh, we got a question in the chat room from Christy. Uh, she said, uh, how do you feel about this uh, CERN uh, LHC, LHC experiments? Well, um, I'll have to Google that. I don't know what that is. Yeah, she LHC. said, how do you feel about the CERN, CERN uh, C-E-R-N LHC experiment? I heard, I've heard of the, uh, the CERN uh, experiments. Um, don't know much about it, but I have heard about it. I'm googling it right now. There she is. Large. Uh, she oh, put large, in the chat. Large hadron collision. Yeah, hadron collision or collision or. So it analyzes particles. Yeah. Collision in an accelerator. I I don't know. I I can't comment on that one i'll have to research that that's interesting isn't that what they're doing with that big uh thing they've produced where they said they figured out the uh uh how the world became or whatever something like that that big oh, uh, yeah 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 where they think particle accelerator they, or something yeah, like the, that in the, in the vacuum yeah um, and, and it's got a whole bunch of uh, electromagnets around it and yeah i think so yeah it's that's different yeah there there's a there's another um test it says like for opening like portals and like black holes and stuff like that other dimensions and stuff yeah that's getting into like quantum physics and yeah did you ever have you ever seen rob there was an episode um very interesting episode that i watched with uh a guy named prozac up in michigan Oh, He's man. up in Michigan. Uh, what the hell is his name? Steve Shippey. Yeah. Did you ever see that episode he did where he had a guy that came in? They were they would take video, and they would capture these ghosts on video, and it was almost like they were saying that ghosts are like defying like quantum leaping throughout homes and stuff like that. Like they can yeah. be in one part of the house and quantum leap to the front door and knock on the door and still be in the same place. You know what I mean? Right. So that's one thing that's, that's always kind of, I, I found fascinating, right? So if they're energy, energy can move at the speed of light. Right. So yeah. if they're, if they are energy, then they should be able to move what would appear to us as if they're teleporting from one spot to another spot to another spot. Right. Yeah. And they're just moving really fast. Um, but you know, force equals mass times acceleration. So if they had a mass to them and they were moving at the speed of light, their force would be almost infinite if they were to apply it. And that's one of the things that I find a little perplexing. It's like, okay, if they're energy, 
they move at the speed of they could move at the speed of light and if they had mass to them then that would be very dangerous for the living right because they could basically be an atomic bomb if they wanted to yeah um, so you know and then then i think well then they they must not have mass there's no mass to them and then i think well if there's no mass to them how do they create footsteps how do they create scratches how do they right how do they knock on the walls at some point there has to be a physical side to them at somewhere somehow in order for them to interact with us in our world um and then i think well if see now you get me like on, on my soapbox i'm thinking stuff um <laughs> when they do enter our world and they do become physical then they are no longer able to move at the speed of light right because they're they're no longer energy so then what are they at that point yeah like it's totally totally fascinating of the things that they can do that we really don't understand um it's just like how can something like in the video that i've called how can something create itself and then all of a sudden just dissipate into nothing right it really it really doesn't make any sense or scientifically it's even possible just like a cold spot uh this is not really scientific scientifically possible either because everything we do create creates heat everything we do touching things creates heat it doesn't create produce cold right everything we do is friction you know we, we create an energy a heat source not a not a cold spot right and and that's a uh... That was brought up in, in a lecture that I attended a while back. Um, they were talking about, how, you know, units of measurement. What do we measure? We measure heat. We don't measure cold, right? The yeah. lower the heat, then it's just the absence of heat. So therefore, it's cold, right? So, and, and same thing with light. We don't measure darkness. We measure light. And then the low level of light is just the absence of light. And therefore, it must be dark, right? So, um, yeah, so what are they doing to you know absorb that that heat in that area they're you know they're yeah like you said that this the the act of them being energy they should be creating some kind of heat but what we experience is the opposite is cold yeah the only thing i can think of is that they're drawing so much energy to produce themselves or to 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 make something happen that it's uh is drawing the heat or the energy from the atmosphere oh, yeah. to produce yeah. a cold mass you know what i mean a cold right. spot or i mean that's the only thing that's kind of sensible <laughs> i mean it's kind of like when, you, when your hands are wet and you stick them in the uh hand blow dryer and it feels like it's cold air but really it's hot air yeah exactly but because your hands are wet it's uh, exothermal so it feels cold to you because of the the heat is being pulled off of it the energy yeah. is being pulled off yeah christy said uh she thinks that they uh they take advantage of static charge and free electrons yeah um the 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 electrons that's one thing that i've been kicking around um like the negative ions so wherever so if we go back to folklore right we think about the, the forest spirits and the water spirits right people have you know throughout history they've experienced spirits around running water or out in the forest well the forest and running water generates negative ions 
um, the shearing force of the water in a waterfall will generate a lot of negative ions. We know that negative ions make, at least a human being, they make us feel good. So you can buy negative ion generators to blow in your face and kind of give you a little bit of energy and make, make you feel good. What I'm wondering is if there isn't something, some correlation between the negative ion and, and the spirit. Are, are they causing there to be negative ions around them? Or are they absorbing those negative ions? Is that why they're found, you know, through folklore out in the forest or at the waterfall or places like that? Um, so one of the things I one of the experiments I would like to do um, if I get my hands on them are some negative ion generators and take them to a haunted location and go to a room with it turned off, do some testing, preferably have a couple days to do this. One day, run some tests, some experiments, and see what I get. And then the next day, turn on that negative ion generator. So it's not an EM pump. This would be a negative ion generator and see if that doesn't stir up or somehow um, move the paranormal activity around a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I, got a, I got an idea what I'm going to do in my next investigation. I bought a, uh, I bought a Tesla coil. Uh, oh, okay. I bought a Tesla coil. So I want to see if I can and use a fog machine and see if I can use the Tesla coil to charge the fog yeah. and see if it can produce some kind of phenomena with this charged fog. I don't know. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. It's but, worth but a try. It's worth a test, right? that's, yeah. that's how we move this field along is by running experiments, you know, um, even within the scientific community, 99% of experiments fail. Right. It's oh, yeah. The ones that work that we remember, you know, we like uh, what is it? Edison said he found 199 ways how not to make a light bulb. Right. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? So that, exactly. that's what we, we need to do in this field is we need more people that are willing to go out and try different stuff. Yeah. You know, don't just run around with your K2 meter in your hand looking for that, you know, fog of EMF in the, in the air. But try some try some different theories. Try some some different tests, you know, make, make it a point to have two or three experiments that you want to run on your next event, your next ghost hunting investigation and run those experiments, you know? Um, yeah. Because you, you never know what you might find out. You might get nothing. You might, you know, land on something really interesting. Yeah. Do you ever get down like this way towards like Pennsylvania or anything like that? I have not. I, I stick around. I'm based out of central Iowa. So I just, Kind of travel around Iowa. I'll get out to Illinois and Kansas. Um, one of my favorite spots is down there in Kansas, Atchison, Kansas. It's McIntyre Villa. Um, I really like going there. I find all kinds of weird stuff that it's never. You the have same to go thing to twice. the. Uh, you have to go to the Sally House down there in Atchison, Kansas. There. Yeah, I've been. You know, I've been to the Sally House and I've been there three times, and absolutely nothing happened all three times. Really? Yeah, I got nothing. Nobody there got anything, and of course, you know, it's there's this weird collectiveness that when you get an event like that and, and nothing really happens, um, people start to rely on their feelings more, what they feel and, and things like that, even though none of the devices are going off or nothing's kind of happening. So by the end of the night, everyone was sharing stories of things that they felt. Um, but yeah. outside of that, we didn't, we didn't really experience anything at the Sally house. I did an experiment with my uh, crew one time uh, just because I wanted to see what their reaction were, what their reaction would be, and uh, we went into a place, and I was like, "Oh man, it feels really negative in here. Like, 
just like maybe there's something demonic and damn near all of them started acting like there was something demonic in the house oh i feel something negative and you know what i mean i'm like no there's i don't feel a damn thing but they're all all of a sudden they're all feeling like it's demonic power suggestion right yeah the power suggestion and and their own psychosis builds up in them to where they actually believe that there's something demonic there you know it's kind of like what i said you know earlier in a a way that's why i like to lean on the devices because we humans we are really um suggestive yeah we're suggestive yeah um it's it's one of the the things that that i again i think paranormal investigators need to be careful of is that we don't become adults playing pretend exactly because you get a bunch of kids together that don't know each other and one of them yells the floor is lava they all know the rules to the floor is lava nobody has to explain it and what i see time and time again is you know you get a bunch of adults together in a haunted house and somebody yells the house is haunted and boom everyone goes off and you know they're looking for a ghost rather than trying to find some kind of quantifiable or quantitative evidence you know to suggest that maybe there's something there they're you know all running around like you said you know they all think some there's some demon there and their hair standing up on end and yeah i mean i've seen people physically get sick and throw up and stuff like that oh yeah and i'm like i don't feel any of that i'm have people say they got headaches and they're sick and i'm like i don't feel any of that you know what i mean i don't i don't i'm not looking when i go into a haunted location i'm not looking at it being haunted you know what i mean i hear the reports but i have to ultimately experience this phenomena before i can claim that it's haunted you know what i mean i can't say just go into a place because the resident said it's haunted that it's haunted you know, i have to have some kind of proof or some kind of uh, something that's happened to me where i can say yeah that was strange i can't explain what the hell happened there but you know where i captured i heard a disembodied voice or and you really have to be careful with that too hearing a disembodied voice because there could be people outside or you know you really have to cover all bases of what the hell's going on you know yeah when i when i do the residentials um those i do alone for the most part um i I like to go back quite a few times and if if there's a feeling that i get then i want to see if that's the same feeling i get every single time that i go back yeah right? I, I try to do as many as possible as well like i don't want to just go in the house one time and say uh you know the one investigation that's it's not haunted no you have to keep going back to a location and going oh, yeah. back and back and back and yeah, gaining because it's not always... more and more evidence of what's going on yeah it's not always charged up and turned on when you're there you know yeah, I, uh, I mean it's I not like in a haunted house, and it wasn't always haunted. Actually, ninety no. percent of the time it was perfectly fine. You know, there was maybe ten percent of the time weird crap happened that we could not explain. Yeah, and it, you know, and it comes in spurts. Like, uh, you know, you might not have something for six months, and all of a sudden, in that right. one week, you're having so much activity, and then like a like like a light switch, it's gone. Yeah, and and that's where we as investigators need to do better job at documenting stuff. We need to find out what is that, what causes that to happen. You know, I, I look at MUFON and, um, you know, all of their investigators and what have you, and all the documentation, they are all about documentation, right? Um, oh, yeah. And you can go to the website, you can pull up their white papers, you can pull up all their investigations, you know, and, and they're, it's all documented really well. We just don't have that on the ghost hunting side of the paranormal. No, because there's a lot of swell heads on that side of that, you know, 
of everybody wants to have a TV show or, or something yeah. like that. It's not about the research and the real digging into investigating the phenomena, you know? Right. And that's the problem. You know, like, we need to really dig into research and coming up with new equipment like, like you do. That's why I love what you do, because you're really trying to find an, uh, an, uh, some equipment that we can really use to find this stuff yeah. to figure out if, is it really paranormal you know what i mean like, yeah i mean is it the the moon does the moon have, have an effect on it you know folklore says it does yeah well, now you know what studying that you know i did i did do a study on that believe it or not rob i did it yeah. myself um yeah in a house we investigated for like over a year uh we went back and i was all into the moon phase thing i thought maybe it's the moon phases and we come back on a full moon it's going to be great you know, waxy moon is going to be great, or you know what I mean. And right. you know, I did it for a year. I made a chart, and then every investigation we did, there was a different moon phase, and some were the same moon phases, and and some of those moon phases we had no activity, and then and you know the same moon phase, we did have activity, but in certain ones we didn't have the activity. You know, it was, mm. um, and that kind of canceled it out to me that it's moon phases because. It's not moon phases is because there was no set parameter of when the activity happened. It happened in all different right. moon phases. It didn't happen at every full moon, at every waxing moon. You know what I mean? It didn't happen. It didn't happen like that. It was all different times, different different moon phases. It was, it, and that's when my head really started going around. It's like, I have more questions than answers now because right. everything that I've read and heard from other paranormal experts it's not true you know what i mean it's not true it's different because then i then i realized they're not spending the time to really document what's going on they're just yeah. there running through the house you know trying to it's find like a playing, ghost playing pretend for the most part yeah I mean, that's, exactly that's, you know it's, it's harsh to hear it that way but i mean realistically that's you know what's going on yeah and i did it i i did it and i went back and i checked every investigation and i was like it was different stuff that happened and then some of the same moon phases like a bunch of full moons we went to in that house and some were really good and some were nothing where we didn't get anything not a peep i mean you could have heard a mouse crawling across the floor it was that quiet you know and you're just like what why why on these particular days did this phenomena happen and I could never come up with an answer to it. Never. It, and you'll you'll run into people that will, will swear up and down, even though they have no evidence that, you know, moon phases have something to do with it. And I'm afraid that sometimes we get in an echo chamber, right, where we have certain beliefs and we only listen to those people that, that echo our beliefs. And, you know, therefore, we stop questioning the science behind it. We stop questioning experiments and what have you. We just... You know, we, we believe X is the truth in the paranormal and anything outside of that, anybody like myself that comes along and questions the science, you know, is is kind of labeled as black sheep. Right. Yeah. But that's how science is done is by people question. If we would not have questioned science, the earth would still be flat in the center of the universe. Right. Yeah. There's, there's still questions. people that think the earth's flat. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> you know, somebody came along and questioned that. 
And, you know, I forget the guy's name, but uh, the guy that came out and said that he found bacteria in our guts, right? All the scientists, at, when he presented that, laughed him out of the room. They literally laughed. He left. They laughed him out of the room. And what do we know now? That there's bacteria in our gut. And you can go and buy probiotics to put the good bacteria in your gut. <laughs> yeah. But before that, science said nothing could live in our gut because of the acid. Yeah. But, you know, somebody questioned the science. Yeah, I, I definitely. Uh, Chrissy said she liked to work, like to wrap your head around some things. That she's she's into uh, physics and all that stuff. She's in, she's always in okay. the chat room, and um, yeah, I definitely like to work with you with them with the uh, audio, like EVP stuff, because I really love the EVP yeah. part of investigating. I think I, it's really fascinating. Yeah, that's my favorite. That's my go-to is EVPs, and I've been trying to get my hands on. A, an array, a microphone array. So you can buy these, it's called Far Field Voice and it's uh, modern artificial intelligence and it's how your your Google smart speaker works, your Amazon smart speaker, all, all of them use Far Field Voice. And it's an array of microphones, which is just a fancy way of saying it's got more than one microphone. And what it does is it takes all the inputs from all of those microphones and the artificial intelligence part of it is it can hone in on the human frequency of human voice and it blocks everything else out. So if you're in a noisy room and you say, Alexa, it you know, homes in on you and blocks all the other noise out. Well, I've been wanting to do some re or some, uh, some experiments with a far field voice microphone array to see if I can't better pick up EVPs if it would not hone in on those voices that otherwise, you know, a, a normal recorder that has one microphone and it picks everything up, right? Yeah. The car driving outside, you can hear, you know, somebody walking down the hallway outside, you can hear it. I mean, it's really amazing how powerful these microphones are that they can pick all that up. Yeah. But what we're trying to accomplish, it's, it's counterproductive for us. And that's where the far field voice, I think would come in to block all of that noise out and only hone in on, the uh, the human frequencies. I posted something on uh, a blog. I wrote a blog at ghostgeartech.com about Farfield Voice. And then, of course, I put it on my social media, Facebook, and sent it out. And somebody contacted me and said that they have actually been doing this. Their group has been doing this for a couple of years now. They've got six different uh, microphone arrays that they use. And they said that they are able to pick up EVPs almost every time they go out. Wow. I, you know, I pick up EVPs almost in every investigation I go to. Uh, there's only been maybe a couple investigations that I've been on where I didn't get anything. And it's kind of weird. Like, if a lot of people claim their houses are haunted, and I go into them, and I'm, like, listening right away. As soon as I, I'm plugged into my recorder, like, right away, as soon as I'm in. And uh, I'll start hearing things pretty pretty rapidly. Not doesn't take too long. If there's something there, I usually hear it. And uh, it's really weird. Like a lot of people in my group don't hear shit, you know, but I'm like walking around they're and they're like, it, huh? yeah, they're, well, I, I got a hearing loss in my left ear. So it, it increased all the hearing in my right ear. So while I'm walking around, it, everything is like double amplified in my ear, in my right ear. And oh, okay, it just, I hear a lot more things, you know, a lot more things. And 
every, and I'll, I'll be walking around. I hear like, get out, you know, and they'll be like, I said, did you hear that? Get out. And they're like, no, I didn't hear anything. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And they're like, no, yeah, I heard it. Like, they're like, no, no, you didn't. And I was like, dude, I'll play the recorder back. There it is. Listen, they're like, how the hell did you hear that? I'm like, I just hear it, man. I, I just, I don't know what it is, dude. It's like, I'm, I'm really good at hearing it. You know, it's just weird. Have, have you had your hearing tested? Are you able to hear really low frequencies, maybe? In my left ear, I can't hear anything because I had a, a surgery when I was a kid, when I was around 15, and it uh, totally uh, destroyed the hearing in my left ear. Uh, I had like a mastoid kind of thing in my left ear from an ear infection, and it totally destroyed the eardrum and everything. Oh, they tried to reconstruct it, but it yeah. it was just totally destroyed from the uh, infection. And uh, so now the right ear kind of tried to compensate, yes, tried to compensate for the hearing loss to the left. And I, I mm-hmm. can just hear so much more stuff. But if you're talking to me and I'm like listening to something else, I, w- I won't be able to hear you out of that ear. Oh, okay. Like I won't be able to hear you at all. Like I'm, if I'm like watching TV or something and you're talking to me, I, I can just look over and it just doesn't, it doesn't register. It's kind of weird. You're you're able to pick up on frequencies because of of what happened to you um, that a lot of other people can't. You know, they say our hearing is twenty twenty, right? Twenty RSI is twenty twenty two, but hearing is twenty twenty hertz to twenty kilohertz. But only if you're like me, my my hearing is damaged as well from years of being a drummer in rock bands. So, you know, not not so good. I don't have twenty to twenty kilohertz uh, hearing, but you know, like you said, sometimes you, your your brain goes in and, and compensates for things, and you may you may be picking up on, you know, some of that low frequency stuff that other people can't hear. Yeah, like I'll I'll hear a lot of noise in between noise. You know what I mean? If you don't yeah. understand what I'm talking about, like a like if I'm in a room and there's multiple people talking and I'm plugged into a recorder somehow these things are able to use our reverberal noises like us moving and stuff like that i can hear these voices underneath of that hmm. it's kind of weird like uh, just just moving say i'm doing this and i'll be able to hear a voice through that that reverberal kind of noise right and like like a car going by the the, you know, the back end of a car going by then your album might hear like you know what i mean like at the end of that or or saying my name, or it's just really weird. Like, I, I can't explain it uh, of how I hear it, but I hear it. It's it's just unbelievable. That is, I'm, I'm searching it right now. There, there was a, um, who was the guy that did this? I can't find it. I'm coming up with a uh, Netflix horror movie, but um, basically, it was a feedback loop, and he used white noise to feed a microphone that fed the white noise that fed the microphone. You know what I mean? It was like, it's kind of oh, like yeah, the movie endless mirrors, right? You yeah. The movie was called something. white noise, right? That's what the movie was called. It was based it was off of Douglas. that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, or not Michael Douglas. Um, uh, uh, Michael played Batman, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So kind of, kind of like that. So they were able to use that, that white noise and manipulate it into, you know, sounds that people can hear. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll just hear it if I go into a quiet room or right when we're all talking. It's kind of like they like to they like to sneak it in between us talking. You know, like we're talking, 
and me and Don will be talking and all of a sudden I'll hear a word creep in, you know what I mean? Like I'll hear something creep in, in between that or, or say something, yeah. say a name or, or say my name or say his name or, or, or something like that. You know, it's just really weird. It's, it's, it's unexplainable. I, I love EVP work because it's fascinating to me. It's really, it really is. It's just, it's unexplainable. That That's, that's the, I like it. And one reason for that is like you said, it's, it's quantitative and qualitative, meaning I know I was there. I know there was no other noise. I didn't hear anything, but yet my recorder is telling me there was someone else speaking. Yeah. You know, I, I had it happen in my house one time. I, I was, like I said, I was messing around with the speed and asking typical questions you would ask in a paranormal investigation. You know, is there anybody here like to communicate? Well, I asked that question, you know, is anybody here? Was there anybody here that would like to communicate? And I didn't hear a word, but when I played the recorder back, checking the speed, I captured a voice in the recorder saying, yes. I was like, is there anybody here to like communicate? When it said, when I got to the part where it says, is there anybody here? A voice cuts over top of mine saying, yes, over the recorder. And I'm like, whoa, what the hell? That's it. That wasn't there, dude. I didn't hear that. Like, you know, hey, I'm stopping. I'm not yeah, I'm like investigating my own yeah. home. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no more. <laughs> I was like, no more. <laughs> yeah, Christy said the curly method. Yeah, that's it. This is the curly method. <laughs> and uh, just hearing a disembodied voice is pretty fascinating, to, to be honest. I mean, you're hearing a, a disembodied yeah. voice come out of thin air, and uh, how else can they be producing it other than I, sound I, waves? I've heard you know skeptics come through and say things like, "Well, it's picking up." you know, radio frequencies, it's doing this, it's doing that. And I'm like, you know what? I used to work back in my rock and roll days. I used to work at a recording studio. They had very sensitive microphones at a recording studio, right? Very sensitive. They completely span the entire spectrum of 20 to 20 kilohertz, right? And we never picked up radio frequencies or other, you know, voices coming through on any of those microphones. No. So why is it when I've got this El Cheapo by comparison, you know, I'm, I'm talking in comparison to a studio microphone that costs like $30,000. Um, my little El Cheapo one, uh, all of a sudden starts picking up, you know, radio frequencies and, and it just select words that happen to coincide with what I'm talking about. Right. So I, I have to poo poo those theories that I don't buy into those. Yeah. I mean, I don't either. It's like some of the ghost box stuff too. Like uh, people use ghost box and the old Frank's box, and I've had some pretty weird stuff happen with a ghost box. And I was never a firm believer in it, um, but I have had some really weird stuff happen with it. I've, I've heard my name through it, my full name, not like just mm. John. It said my full name through the ghost box. Uh, and in one investigation, we were doing this creepy uh it was just creepy i i wound up turning the lights back on in the house because it creeped me out that bad uh it said like help or hell or something like that but it said it over like like i don't know eight or nine radio frequencies like it, it you know yeah. you're, you're hearing a ch -ch 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 -ch, and this thing went hell like over it was so loud and creepy as i don't know what it I have it on recording. It was freaky. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm turning the light on. Like, I don't, that was, that freaked me out a little bit, man. Like, I, I, I have one very similar to that. And, and sometimes, you know, when I listen to it, I, I wonder, 
because what I did is I had the spirit box going, right? Just the regular old SP7. And I had my recorder set next to it so that I could record it. And I don't know if I got, so the question I asked, this was at a hotel. This is back when I had a job where I traveled around a lot. So I would do investigations at hotels. I didn't have anything else to do evening. So I'd sit there and see if I could talk to a ghost. So I'd set it up and uh, start talking and communicating, start getting some things coming through, but not, not, you know, really convinced yet. Right. And um, one of the questions I asked, and this was back when um, Trump was running for president and we had all the Republicans and all the Democrats, we had not narrowed it down yet whatsoever. I asked the question, do you know who the next president's going to be? And over the course of three channel changes, it said Trump. And wow. I saw that recording, and that's pretty wild. But I question if it came through the spirit box, or was it a disembodied voice? That yeah. Happened, you know what I mean? Like, Because I heard it when I was doing the recording. Yeah, I've had that happen. Was it disembodied, or did it come through the spirit box? I don't, I don't know. I had the spirit box going in a house where a girl uh her her boyfriend uh died from a, a drug overdose so we had the spirit box going on and i was sitting on the steps and the spirit box is going on and i heard a help me from behind me now the spirit box is in front of me but it came from behind me almost like it was kind of using the spirit box but it wasn't right. using the spirit box it, it used it then to create a disembodied voice yeah and uh, i turned around i'm like whoa man that was like right behind me they're like what is it you didn't hear that voice say they helped me and they're like no i'm like and i played the recording back i was like listen and they're like oh my god that's really clear i was like yeah it was behind me i was sitting like halfway up the steps going upstairs and they were in the living room and it was loud it's i was like whoa It, it gave me a little cold chill and everything yeah it's freaky to hear that out loud. I mean, I've heard a lot of disembodied voices over the years, over 20 plus years. I've heard, I mean, I've heard some disembodied voices that freak you out. I mean, I, heard, uh, one, uh, I was at the YMCA in Rock Island, Illinois, and it's now a furniture store, but she rents it out at night to for paranormal investigations. And we were there and I heard up on the next, because I opened up the door because I was hearing all kinds of noise and the lights were on you know we weren't we hadn't started investigating yet right so all the lights were on and you know there was nothing you know investigative looking going on lights were on all our stuff was turned on and we could hear these voices so i opened up the double doors because it was coming up that stairwell and i heard a voice clear as day say you should be outside it's nice outside wow. that's the first time i've ever heard. now i've heard like mumbling, you know, where it, you say to yourself, well, it sounds like somebody talking. I can't make out what they're saying, but it sounds like somebody talking over there. But yeah. This was full-blown sentence, clear as a bell. We ran up. There was nobody on that floor whatsoever. Um, nobody anywhere. But I heard that. And I was so mad that I didn't have my recorder going. Because at the time, I thought, because we were hearing so much, and dragging and all kinds of other sounds coming from the floor above us, I thought maybe somebody broke in. And so I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to confront this individual because they might be armed and I'm not armed. And it's a furniture store, right? During the day and at night, it's a, you know, you go up on the other floors of the old YMCA and you can do paranormal investigations. Um, but yeah, there, there's nobody else there. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the first time you hear a disembodied voice, I think it kind of hooks you into paranormal investigating. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, it, it does, because you're like, what was Because you oh, know it shouldn't be there, right? It's oh, not yeah. Like, it's not like a REM pod going off. You know, that could be a 100 things setting it off. You never really know. But you know when you're the only one there and you hear somebody's talking to you, something's not right. Yeah. And when you were talking about the uh, the the microphone, the uh, what the hell was that? A Farfield voice. Yeah. Well, I have an I have a client right now that she uses the Alexa in her house, and she's hearing voices through the Alexa oh. from in different parts of the house, and they're they're talking to her through the Alexa. And I was like, you know, I was there one time when it happened, and I heard a voice through the Alexa and the Alexa is picking up on voices to, to turn the radio on right. and things like that. And she's not doing it. And it's telling, telling, telling to turn on different radio stations and stuff like that. And, uh, when I was investigating the house, uh, I heard a voice through the Alexa and I was like, what, what was that? She goes, Oh, that's, that's Alexa. It, sometimes we, we hear voices through the Alexa. I was like, well, that's, that's kind of weird. I thought you're supposed to talk to the Alexa and it's not supposed to talk to you like, right. unless you're act- enacting with it, you know? And she's like, now nah, we'll hear voices from upstairs. And I'm like, well, let's turn it off. So we turned it off. And uh, as soon as we went upstairs, we heard disembodied voices coming from up in the, in the uh, dining room area. Huh. And uh, I thought it was one of the, my investigators like, Carl, did you say something when you went out the door? He's like, no, I thought that was you. I was like, no, 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 that wasn't me. He's like, that wasn't you. I was like, no, that was a disembodied voice. I said, that that definitely wasn't me. I thought it was you. He's like, no, 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 that wasn't me. I'm like, well, that was definitely a voice, a man's voice. He's like, yeah, I heard it. He said, but I don't know what it said. I said, I don't know what it said either. But we were we were catching a lot of stuff, and uh, she's starting to experience that now with with the Alexa, and she just actually just messaged me today about it, which is kind of weird that you're talking about it. Yeah, so I wonder if it's picking up the whispers. Yeah, whispers. when she was, when she said, "I have to let you get the, I have to send you the video she sent me." Uh, you can hear voices saying things through the Alexa, like this. I, at one point, I thought I, I thought I heard a voice say, "Help me," and then uh, some different things. I really have to put my headphones on and really isolate it and listen to it. But um, yeah, there's definitely voices. She can hear it a lot better than I could, but because uh, she was there, but mm-hmm. she recorded it with her cell phone, and she sent it to me that way. But it's it's interesting that possibly it's picking up on these these low hertz voice levels. You know what I mean? Right, right. And it's interesting that the the spirits or whatever they are have learned how to interact with the. So there's our new paranormal investigative piece of equipment, the Alexa. Yeah. What the hell? Why not? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You got the obvious, right? You know, yeah, anything. Yeah, I mean, everybody's using these stupid phone apps and stuff that are definitely probably do not work. Oh, especially but, the SLS ones. I, I don't. Oh, uh, yeah, they're sick. Me. me up. Yeah, they don't even have any kind of um, <laughs> anything to have to do with the SLS system at all. Yeah, but, that's a very sophisticated camera. It's an RGB lens on there. It's very sophisticated, very expensive lens yeah and believe it or not iphone and some of the smartphones don't have really nice lenses they do but their function is different yeah their function is to take good pictures the sls cameras function is to scan the rgb and do a lot of depth perception 
because that's what it, yeah. that's what it's using. That's why it's, there's two lenses on there for depth perception. Yeah, and believe it or not, on your phone. And believe it or not, a lot of paranormal investigating teams are using these phone apps in their investigations. And when they're picking stuff up, they're saying that they're ghosts and they're this and they're that. That's really not being responsible to me. That that goes back to, you know, my not so uh, popular quote earlier that's they're just playing pretend, right? Yeah. They're going out there to scare themselves and they're going to believe anything you know, whatever it takes to, to scare themselves. And, yeah. You know, I, even the, the old, you know, this isn't going to be popular either, but the dust orbs, right. You know, people will swear by them Yeah. left and right. And I'm just like, well, no, it's dust. It's like, well, it's going <laughs> up. I was like, well, dust goes up. Dust goes yeah. in all directions. I had people arguing with me about that all the time. I'm just like, yeah, that's dust. No, that's not dust. Or, you know, I'm like, look, a light anomaly produces its own light. You're going to see yes. it whether it's in the dark or the daytime it is going to produce its own light not it's not going to use a camera to produce light it's going to produce right. its own light that's right you'll and, see it with the naked eye yeah and they're like no no it's it's the, it's it's you can only see them in dark no you can see them in the day or night yeah i i had it happen uh here when my dog passed away it was during the daytime and uh you know he was getting old and the day finally came we came home and we're sitting in the dining room and there was a flash of light in that dining room. No source of the light, but all the walls lit up just like somebody had an old Polaroid and snapped a photo. Right. And my wife looks at me and she goes, that wasn't Oscar. And I'm like, I didn't say it was, but it happened again uh, another time in the kitchen. She witnessed it. And then when I was down in the basement, it happened, the flash of light, you know? So yeah, it's, yeah. The, the, and if you think about the old, orbs you know where they came from folklore they were seen out in the forest yeah floating around which you people know, still see out in the forest yeah. all the time yeah and a lot of people are light anomalies it's more associated yeah. with ufo type stuff that, yep. than it is uh the ghost hunting side of the paranormal and now they're but, saying it's associated with bigfoot now too oh yeah so. but i mean we don't we don't know yeah, we I really have you, no idea that's out and let's go capture one <laughs> yeah they said it kind of that these light anomalies you see in the woods are like the Bigfoot's trying to trick you to come into the woods further. That's what the Native Americans uh, have always uh, said, that they were trying to trick you to come into the woods further so they could get you, you know. So I, I don't know. There's a lot of really weird stuff, you know, to deal with paranormal things that we really we're just not on the level to comprehend yet, I don't think, you know, scientifically you know, wise. Yeah, and, and right now you've got, you know, the, you know, I, I think – on the paranormal side, I think we went backwards. Yeah, um, I do too. If, if you look throughout history, you would see prominent individuals would hire investigators to come and investigate their house. There was no shame in that whatsoever, right? And then, you know, today, and that was a scientific community that would come and investigate, right? Nowadays, if you say that, you know, it's pseudoscience and you're shunned and you're, you know, kicked aside and and so it's like we've gone backwards now. And and the result of that, you know, the TV shows, um, they have some good and some bad, but they have programmed people and, and taught them how ghosts ghost, right? And everyone is now subscribed to that. They're in an echo chamber, so they only hear their own beliefs being, you know, echoed back at them. And so there's no way to progress from there. 
you know, the, when back years ago, you know, 1920s, even before that, the 1800s, you would have people that would write diaries and they would keep track of a lot of paranormal stuff that, that happened, you know, and we just don't, we don't have that anymore. Now, now what we've got are, you know, like I said earlier, we just got people running around playing pretend, you know, trying to get their adrenaline rush. Yeah. Yeah. Or try to get famous or, or something like that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You got the, you know, it's, it's funny when I first started ghost gear, um, and I had a couple products, the REM puck um, out. I was doing, I was running the business as instead of a business to consumer, a business to business. So I would get on LinkedIn and I would find all these paranormal groups and I would contact them and set up phone calls with them to tell them who I was, what I was doing, you know, what I believed in, in the paranormal and what have you, just trying to solidify myself. And you would be surprised at how many paranormal groups were in talks with the travel channel. Oh and yeah. It was almost yeah. like every other group that I talked to were, you know, they're like, well, we're in talks with the travel channel, you know? And, and they said, well, you should, you know, give us your stuff so we can use it and we'll use it and we'll get famous and you'll be famous and it's a win-win. And, and I'm sitting here, you know, but the data that I've collected, I'm like, I, I don't think all these groups are going to be on the travel channel. There's not enough hours in the day for them to air no, one that no. I've spoken with. Right. So the travel channel is kind of playing a dangerous game. I think that they are interacting with these groups and they are probably telling them that, you know, that they might have a, a dog in the fight, so to speak. But, you know, the truth is, you know, it's, it's. They go back to the same old dog. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, same old dog with the same old fleas, right? <laughs> yeah, they go. Yeah, and, and for now, right now, it's uh, uh, Ghost Adventures, right? They, they get yeah. all the advertising. They Ghost get Adventures, and uh, you got uh, Taps is back now. They are, but um, they're not. I've noticed they're not getting the dollars for the ad spend like Ghost Adventures gets. Yeah, because people want to hear the bullshit. Yeah, that's that's basically that's all they're spewing is is the bullshit. It's not really real life. You know, this is, they're entertaining uh, and they're doing a hell of a good job of it because people love them. You know what I mean? They're, oh, yeah. yeah, they're watching, they're, doing they're a hell selling of a those commercials. They are. No doubt about that. Got yeah, the I... creepy commercials and the, the little side movies like Demon House that they've conducted. And, oh, yeah. You know, uh, it's just, it's kind of like a shit show, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like uh, uh, self-prophecy, right? You know, it's, it's. Again, I give it to the them. Chamber, you know, they just I'll give it to them. though, you know, I give it to them. They they can sell. Uh, you know, they're selling that uh, ketchup popsicle to a woman in white clothes. They're selling it to them. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they really are. You know, they're yeah. getting away with it. I um, so again, early on when I was doing treating it like a business to business and treating the paranormal groups as a business and contacting them that way, I inadvertently. I got a hold of some TV producers and strangely enough, they took my call and, and I spoke with them. And some of these producers, you would know the show. I don't want to get in trouble, but you would know the shows. And one of them told me, he gave me advice. He said, we're not interested in your product right now. He said, but let me tell you anything that you create had better be good for TV. <laughs> Screw the real thing, right? <laughs> yeah, and and then, and, man, I had, I had one that said that they would take it only if I could guarantee it would detect ghosts, 
And, How the hell do you know that? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was it was a long conversation. It was over several conversations, actually, because um, I really thought that I had a foot in the door with this particular show. And it, it dawned on me what they were really saying, what I believe they were really saying was um, just give us the remote control. Yeah. Right. So we can turn it on and off. Yep. You know, that's yeah. I think based off all the conversations I had with them. That's what they meant by make sure it can detect ghosts, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So like, I, so I was really should have said, well, should have said, well, uh, well, what's a ghost? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You know, they have no a, idea. Okay. Oh, it's so a thing you can't to me see. That it doesn't detect a ghost, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't prove it or disprove it. Like you I, know what I, I mean? told you know one one producer, I said, look, I can guarantee that it will detect electromagnetic fields between a certain frequency range and a certain uh, milligauss right? Strength, amplitude, so frequency and amplitude, I can guarantee that. I said, but beyond that, I, it's up to the investigator to decide whether whatever set the device off was paranormal or was it Ruby making popcorn in the microwave? Right? Yeah, exactly. Right? It's, that's up to the investigator. All I can do is create the device that can detect it, you know, do what I do with it. It will do what I say it will do, right? But you know, outside of that, it's up to the investigator. You know, it's like the, the rim pucks, the original one that, that I'm selling now, we had done some market research and everyone said they don't want false positives, right? Nobody wants false positives. Of course we don't. No, of course. So I engineered into it a filter that filtered out all, not all, but the majority of man-made EMFs. So it filters it out, right? So what is the feedback? The feedback is your device isn't sensitive enough. It's not going off as much as my other devices. And I'm like, well, I, we, we are filtering out my, you know, they're like, well, I try to get it to go off my cell phone and it won't go off. We definitely filtered out the cell phone frequencies. You know, we filtered out the Roomba frequencies. We filtered out your um, wire, Wi-Fi router frequencies. We filtered all of that. Yeah, and that's out. what you want to, that's what you want to do. Right? So if it does go off, there's a really good chance it wasn't a man-made yeah, you're you're up. eliminating the possibilities of it being man-made. Right. But that has been received, I guess, poorly by the, the field. Um, they, they, like they said, it doesn't, my K2 goes off, but it doesn't go off. I'm like, well, your K2 is picking up 50 to 60 hertz, and I have filtered out 50 to 60 hertz. So I would expect my device not to go off when the K2 does go off. Yeah, I mean, I want a device that's going to go off to something that's possibly paranormal and not man-made right i mean you can't it, and then you know i had one guy he had a good point he was like well how do you know this that the spirit isn't operating at the same frequency as man-made i'm like well i don't but yeah, if that's no true does. we'll never know because until they materialize and tell us hey i'm generating this emf right now not the microwave popping popcorn um you know we we would never know yeah i mean it's, it's not like they're gonna I, I, that's the weird thing about paranormal investigating is like, what is the mystery? What is the mystery behind why they can't come out and really talk to you and communicate with you? Unless it's, I mean, we're talking about people that are dead. So you no longer have a body. You no longer have a voice box. So how are they creating these voices? Yeah, you don't have anything movies? to generate it anymore. Yeah, somehow they're, so for like disembodied voices, like we were talking about, somehow they're able to move 
molecules because that's how yeah. we hear right air molecules smack into one another until it eventually reaches our eardrum and we hear that sound it's a sound pressure wave yeah. so somehow they're able to manipulate that and and then there's some other experiments that i'm, I'm running right now um where i think that so when we talk we move air molecules like i said but i'm wondering if when they generate sound if they're not moving emf they're not moving electrons that's a high so, possibility you know maybe that's why they're able to come through on the spirit boxes right maybe that's why white noise people you know say they can hear them through the white noise because that white noise it's basically picking up any and all frequencies right it's not one specific frequency because when you you adjust it to one frequency you pick out the tv station you pick up the radio station right we want to yeah. be in between those frequencies right and that's where we want to hear those those sounds coming in between those frequencies yeah and i noticed uh what i did with the ghost box i actually did the old hack shack with the old radio uh the radio where you oh radio shack. you make the yeah. old yeah the old radio hack shack i that's what my ghost box is i've been using that thing for 20 years no. damn near and uh what i did was i created an aluminum box i made an aluminum box and then i wrapped that box with aluminum foil to keep out the radio waves where i'm just hearing right. the static static noise and i do right. get voices over it yeah, and when i i noticed when i put it stations yeah i noticed when i put it in the box i just wanted to see if it would work that it would cut out the, the uh, radio stations and it does you don't hear the voices anymore. You don't hear the radio stations. You just hear the. Right. And I was like, well, it works. And I shut the lid on it. I wrap it in aluminum foil and it blocks out all the, uh, the radio waves. And I just get, and I do get voices over it, which is, it's totally weird. And sometimes I don't get anything. <laughs> it, it's, it's a hit or miss with that. You know what I mean? It's like, right. sometimes you get some really cool stuff and other times you get a bunch of junk. Yeah, we can't make them do what we want when we want. No, no, not at all. But yeah, I'd definitely like to work with you with uh, some EVP stuff, and I, I am down for that 100%. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, when I get my hands on some far field voice uh, circuit boards right now, because of the supply chain issue, I, I can't get them. The companies that sell them don't have them, and they're talking about being six months out. Like, if you order one right now, they are they're not promising they're saying maybe in six months we'll ship it to you oh order wow wow and i'm like I, I don't want to be without you know 80 bucks for six months yeah exactly i want to i want to get to get the experiment with it yeah. right away yeah, i know i got i got experiments to run with this stuff so then i'm looking at so the one that you can buy was designed by seed studio it is uh called a re-speaker and it has four microphones and it has the artificial intelligence chip on it that does all the AI work to block out all the other sound and only hear the human speech. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering if I couldn't have my own design, um, if I couldn't beat it to market. Like I'm, I would like to have seven plus one. So I've been doing some research. So instead of having four speakers around it, it would have seven speakers around and wow. one in the center um so it picked, it's even obviously it's better right it's got more yeah. microphones um and have something like that designed and um you know that it's always a price point issue when you're talking business right 
So people could go online and they could buy this one from Seed Studio for, I think they were like $80. Um, or, you know, would they buy mine for ghost hunting for more than 80? Probably not. So that's, that's, you know, as a business decision, that's something I got to look at. I got to be able to keep it below, you know, the competitor's pricing, right? Otherwise, I don't know because, I mean, look at that little stupid Panasonic where it's selling for like two, three, four thousand. I people oh, are paying yeah. like $4,000 for that thing. Oh, I know. You know? Well, I mean, yeah, it's, I it's an interesting true. recorder though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you could show results, you know, people yeah. would pay up for it. Have you ever got your hands on one of those recorders? I, I've, I've used one. Yeah, I don't own one, but um, I actually had two. So back at the McIntyre Villa, Stephanie runs that. She has two of those recorders. And she sat both of her recorders within about a foot of one another. And then I sat mine about a, roughly a foot away from, from them. And uh, it was interesting how only one recorder would get a voice. I'm like, they're, they're kind of close in proximity. So I would expect there to be bleed over, but yeah. there really wasn't. There was one recorder would have a voice or the other recorder would have a voice. That's crazy. I did the same thing uh, with a guy we were investigating and he had that Panasonic. I had an Olympus and I catch mad EVPs on the old Olympus DS40 that I have. And, you know, we asked a name and, you know, can you tell us your name? And, you know, we didn't hear anything out loud, but when he plays his back, he called a name. Mine called nothing, not a sound. Wow. I'm like, and his name came through so clear, like we're talking. I'm like, right. how the hell did that happen? I said, I didn't hear that. He's like, I didn't hear it either. He said, but there it is. I'm like, how the hell did that happen? You know, I'm like, I'm playing my recorder back. I'm like, there's nothing. Listen, it's just static. Nothing. Not a, not a word. That's why I, I mean, I'm kind of wondering if they just don't have a way to pick a device and interact with it, with just that one. Yeah, I'd like to take it apart and look at it to see what, what it, what's the difference between that recorder back then, because that's like an old, I mean, that is really outdated technology, oh, yeah. but it catches mad EVPs on it. Yeah, it's... um. I'm surprised there's not like some old engineer from back in the day that doesn't have access to the old schematics that. Uh, has I'm telling you, if you can figure it out, you, know? you can make a fortune because people are buying that thing like. Oh, I know. Ridiculous prices. I mean, you're talking thousand dollars for a recorder that probably cost twenty bucks back then, maybe ten dollars. Oh yeah, because it's not. I mean, really, you look at it; it's not like you said; it's not state of the art or anything. It's real. It obviously had a price point. Let me put it that way yeah it's it's really cheesy technology it's not like nothing what we have compared to today right. you know you're just like what the hell is making that thing so special compared to what we have now which was way more advanced i'm surprised somebody hasn't started bootlegging them i know i can't i can't believe it as someone that's really good with with uh electrical engineering or something that's surprised they haven't haven't you know did a knockoff on it right Somehow, just take buy one of those recorders that's going to cost them about a thousand bucks, but take it apart to really analyze it and see what 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 is constructed of and what it's how it's able to do what it's doing. It can't be much to it. No, it, and you know, it's like the recorder I've got. I've got a Zoom H4n, so it's got two microphones on it. Does really fantastic noise cancellation, um, 
And, you know, that thing had just one microphone on it. And it was a little tiny, rinky-dink little microphone up in the corner, you know. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't Jay know. Christy put in there, just hit it with a hammer, and boom. It's the same <laughs> thing as the DR60. <laughs> you ain't kidding. <laughs> hey, you got the old technology now. Just smashed it with a hammer. Right. <laughs> I have had, back when I was doing my market research, I've had a lot of people ask me to, you know, reverse engineer it and start selling them. And I'm like, well, what I know about reverse engineering, you would need two of them. And because one of them, you've got to basically it's destructive testing. You got to take it apart. Right. And you yeah. pull off all the chips off the circuit board and do all kinds of analysis on them. And then the other one you don't touch because that is your benchmark. So you can compare your copy to it. Right. Um, and I just don't want to spend $8,000 or more on a whim, you know? Yeah. I know a couple people that were getting them at a decent price from like overseas, but, uh, you know, in, in the United in the States, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Apparently there was a Japanese version. Uh, yeah. Yep. Of it. And I guess you can get, if you can score them, you can get them pretty cheap actually. Yeah. A couple people were saying they were getting them for like 20 bucks, 30 yeah. bucks. They were on like eBay and stuff. I'm like, Usually eBay, you're getting creamed. They're, yeah. uh, you know, they see that recorder. It's the ultimate ghost EVP recorder. Yeah. And uh, they're they're hefty price on them. Yeah, but, I don't know. I don't know what the uh, Japanese ones are going for, but I've been seeing posts. You know, people are asking, are they just as good? Yeah. You know? And I'm like, they're probably the exact same thing. It's just it's printed with Japanese and not English. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, what... Uh, you want to give out some of your information here where people can get in contact with you to get some of your equipment, uh, yeah, Rob? Yeah, they can go to the website, ghostgeartech.com. And uh, right now we've got the, the REMPUX and the ultrasonic motion detectors, the EMF circuit boards for the do-it-yourselfers out there. They're out of stock right now. We sold out of those pretty quick. Wow. Um, I've got a new version of them coming out. They will have an adjustable EMF sensitivity. Um, they'll operate on five to nine volts. They will have a digital output and an analog output, and you will be able to select the digital output level. So what that means, it was kind of a mouthful, but you can adjust your sensitivity to where you like it. If you want it to be exactly like a K2, you can get in there. I did not filter out any man-made EMF, so it, it, it'll give false positives if you're not careful. Um, you can set that sensitivity and then you can say, well, I want the digital output to be level two, not level one. So you move a jumper over and that will allow you to use uh, more of them if you want and have them go off at different levels. Um, it's got an analog output. So that's for, I guess, more of the techie folks out there that would allow them to connect it to an oscilloscope. And you could see what the frequency of the EMF is that you're detecting. Um, you could connect it to like an eight ohm speaker and you could hear the EMF, um, you know, that's coming through. That's one option that you could do. So uh, this one's going to be a little more sophisticated than the one that I have right now. Um, but that one should be out. Uh, we're getting ready to test the prototype on it because I want to make sure that it works the way that I, I feel it does. And then when I approve it, I'll get about a dozen of them made. And then I will send those out to some investigators that I know make stuff, have them make some things, give me their feedback. And if I need to make changes, I'll make changes. But 
uh, I expect that one to be out before the end of the year. So nice. that, that one is for all the, you know, the people who like to build their own equipment, you know, build their own trigger devices. Um, so, and the price point is around $35. So it's a lot cheaper than taking apart a K2 meter, which is what majority of people do when they want to build their own EMF detection trigger device. They'll, you know, buy a K2 meter, take it apart, use the circuit board and resolder in the, the uh, LEDs and what have you. Um, so that's an $80 and mine should be around 35 nice nice that's that's a big difference in a k2 because a k2 costs a little bit of bucks yeah yeah and plus this one you know i gotten a lot of feedback on the adjustable sensitivity everyone seems to like that you know so you, you always get you know you can never make everyone happy right you always get some folks that they're going to say it's too sensitive and another folks going to say it's not sensitive enough right so yeah exactly like, this one's adjustable so it's on you <laughs> yeah get out there and experiment with it don't just uh wander through a, you know, a haunted location and scare yourself, get out there, do some tests on the, on this stuff and get some feedback from it. Yeah. And, and what's different, a lot of people will say, um, you know, there's already the ghost stop EMF circuit board. I, I know that's out there, but the ghost stop circuit board does not have outputs. So that's the difference between just a regular old circuit board and a module. Mine is a module. It has inputs and outputs and you can adjust it, uh, versus the, um, ghost stops, uh, which I think that one sells for 65. And that one is just the circuit board for the Rook. If anyone's curious, you know, they make the Rook, the EMF detector uh, meter. Um, so that is just the, the circuit board for the Rook. So you can use it to build your own trigger devices. But the only bad thing is there's no outputs, right? So it's kind of hard to use that way. Um, I built mine specifically with the idea of a maker making a trigger device and i and i tried to put everything in there that they would want nice nice anything else you got out there rob you want anybody to uh check out um really that's what i got for right now you know due to the uh supply crunch that's taking place i got a lot of stuff that's out of stock sadly um but we after the emf circuit board the new version is out we are going to start work on the next generation rim puck. Well, it's not even going to be called the rim puck. I'm just going to call it the puck. I'm not that creative. It looks like a hockey puck. That's why I call it the puck. Um, <laughs> it's going to have uh, EMF detection. I'm not going to filter out on this one. So it will detect everything. It will be adjustable as well. It will have a potentiometer, a little knob that sticks out of the enclosure so you can turn it and adjust your sensitivity. Um, it will have the smart temperature deviation detection, like I talked about earlier. And there's a third option that I've got a couple ideas, but I'm not sure which way to go. One of them is going to be vibration detection. Another one is a PIR sensor, but I'm not a huge fan of PIR sensors um, because, you know, the way a PIR sensor works is it's got two. It's got a transmitter and receiver. It transmits infrared light. And then the receiver receives that infrared light and looks for a difference. If there's a difference, it throws the alarm. And of course, what is everyone running around with in the dark? Infrared lights, right? So there's a huge chance that you could shine your infrared camera light, or if you've got like a flashlight that's infrared or whatever, you know, there's a way to, to make them go off. And I kind of want to stay away from that because that falls into the false positives. And, I, and I'm, trying to, I'm trying to progress the field you know, I, I just don't want to make things 
for the sake of making things. I, I never planned on being a me too kind of company, right? I want to, I want to make new things, things that don't already exist or that pushes the envelope uh, a little bit. Fills that's awesome, gap, man. So to speak, but yep. Yep. So that's what we got going on. Um, ultrasonic motion detectors, a big one and uh, the REM puck. Great. And you can get all your, get all your stuff over at ghostgeartech.com and uh, check them out, man. They got a lot of cool equipment. Hey, thanks for coming on tonight, Rob. Hey, uh, for man, me. we've had a two hour stretch tonight, which is awesome. Yeah. I love talking tech with you, man. This is awesome. <laughs> it's good. It is. It's great. I love it, man. I love a guy that's uh, down to inventing paranormal stuff. So and if you can invent the equipment, I'm down to talking with you anytime. All right. Deal. All right, so uh, I definitely want to have you back on again, Rob, because this is awesome, and I love hearing all your uh, cool stories and your uh, inventions that you're coming up with. So, yeah, definitely. Um, I will definitely be emailing you some stuff and uh, some of the evidence that I've caught, and I'd definitely like to work with you on the uh, EVP stuff eventually. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sounds great. Well, thanks for coming on with me tonight, Rob. I appreciate it, man, and uh, let's do this again real soon. Yeah, thank you. All right, brother. Thank you, and uh, have a good rest of your week. Hey, you too. Take care. Thanks, Rob. Well, folks, that's going to be it for tonight. We're going to wrap this thing up. Hope you guys have a pleasant rest of your week. That was Rob with GhostGear.com. GhostGearTech.com. Go over there, check his uh, site out, check out his equipment. He's got some really cool stuff. We've actually purchased some of his stuff. And we were going to be using it in uh, using it in our investigations. So go ahead and check them out. Uh, we just purchased the uh, ultrasonic motion detector uh, detector, uh, and uh, we're going to be using that real soon in some of our investigations. So definitely check it out. Check Rob out. Cool guy. Thanks for listening to the Paranormal Journal tonight, folks. And uh, tune in for our next uh, our next episode that will be coming up real soon. All right, all have a good night and. Uh, See you next time. That will conclude our broadcast of the Paranormal Journal podcast. Have a great night.